and ask Dave if he's seen this. Chip Brown with the 24-7 Texas site says that his sources suggest that Oklahoma's three permanent opponents, when they announced the nine-game schedule and the three permanent opponents, would be teams that include Florida, Texas, and Missouri. Now, not that you cover the Texas beat or the Missouri beat, but have you heard anything similar about Florida? Uh, Bill, Oklahoma's name, uh, you, you got me, Bill? Yeah, gotcha. Oh, okay. good. Um, yeah, Oklahoma's name, Bill, it, it has come through some rumblings. And I know uh, Ross Dellinger for Sports Illustrated, he kind of threw out a proposal, too, that had Florida and Oklahoma. And I don't think that was by accident as much as we've heard Florida and Oklahoma maybe paired together a little bit. Uh, in this new look SEC, so yeah, Bill, it, it seems to be the, you know trending that way. Now, it was it because somebody guessed early on and it picked up some legs? Uh, but it does just it, it does seem that we're hearing that more and more now. From the Florida side, I haven't heard anything as far as detailed as you know Chip Brown's hearing on the on, on the Texas side, or maybe even the Big Twelve, or well, I mean not 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 Big Twelve anymore, the you know, Texas and Oklahoma side of things. Um, compared to what we're here on the on the Florida side, but the the Florida Oklahoma pairing does seem to be picking up some legs. And Bill, I mean, kind of going back to our conversation last week, I don't see Florida and Georgia going away. So if that's the case, we would know two of Florida's uh, opponents in this new look SEC, uh, it being Georgia and Oklahoma. And then I can imagine, Bill, I, I don't think they would throw Florida and Tennessee together. You know, to give Florida three permanent opponents of Georgia, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, I could probably see him giving Florida, South Carolina, or Kentucky, maybe to balance the schedule a little bit. Um, you know, as far as you know, there there are some when, when the SEC gets together, Bill. And I think you know this too. You know, there, there are kind of the, the tiers of the school, and then the ones that bring in uh, a, a boatload of money, like your Florida's, your Georgia's, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M. And then there's, you know, kind of a, a, another tier below those those, those uh, programs. Uh, so I, I don't think, you know, they, they would give Florida three top tier uh, opponents, as in Tennessee, Georgia, uh, and Oklahoma. So I could see them, you know, maybe giving you know, Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina as that third permanent opponent. Just a little levity here. Rod, a Buckeye in Texas, is looking forward to when they make the announcement that Bama's three per permanent opponents would be Vandy, Kentucky, and Missouri. That would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Billy, looking at it from, from Bama's perspective, I mean, really, there's got to be – they have to have Auburn and Tennessee, right? Correct. Have to. I mean – Right. So looking at it from Tennessee's perspective, would you give them Alabama and Florida every year? Uh, yeah. So there, there's there's some you know some checks and balances that have to go on. I think and when you when you start looking at this, uh, and of course you you play six more opponents as well. Uh, Bill said so that's the thing. You know, if if the rivalries we love so much, look, some of them are going to go away uh, as far as every year games. Uh, but if you have those three permanent opponents and then you rotate the six opponents every other year, at least you'll get those games every other year. Um, you know, you, you'll maybe miss Florida LSU every year. You may miss Georgia Tennessee every year. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the way they can break it out is at least you would get those games every other year. I think with Tennessee, you just mentioned it, you have to keep Alabama. Alabama's got to keep Auburn too. But Tennessee and Vandy, I think, stick. And there's – the next yep. step is in Tennessee, Kentucky. It, it'd probably be Tennessee, Kentucky, or Tennessee, South Carolina. And if you're Tennessee, uh, and I know South Carolina just beat them, but you, you'll take that. 
Right, yeah, Bill. I mean, if we're going by you know, recent history or, you know, since the SEC went, goes to 90, you know, when they expanded with Arkansas and South Carolina, I think you know, th- those are about the tiers that you're going with when you're looking at who's this top tier, maybe who's this middle tier, or if it's just two tiers, you know, you got half of your schools up here and, you know, half your schools down here as far as, you know, program stability, uh, the money they, they garner and bring in, uh, history on the football field. I mean, I, I think all that will be kind of, kind of looked at as far as tiers go. Uh, because, I mean, look, SEC wants as many teams bowl eligible as they can get too. So, you know, they're going to want Vanderbilt and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Missouri and, you know, quote-unquote lower-tier schools will be playing each other to, to get more wins on the schedule so those teams can get bowl eligible. But, I mean, we're, look, we're talking about bowl eligible, but, Bill, I mean, I think – you know, college football, the landscape's changing, too. So will bowl eligibility change uh, with all this new conference realignment? You know, do you have to have a certain amount of wins? Does a certain amount of win number change? I mean, there, there's a there's a, uh, a lot going on in, in the world of college football. Uh, the way we think about things right now may have to be rethought once the, once the dust settles. Perry Mason from Lake Placid, Florida. Can you ask Gator Dave – about upgrades to the swamp. He said he heard Scott Strickland on a radio show, Steve Russell's show, talking about upgrades, $200 million. Uh, yeah, Bill, I know the, the, the video boards they want to update. Uh, they're really they're pretty old there at Florida in the, in the, in the sound system uh, as well. But the big thing is, Bill, is how much does this affect the attendance? You know, most stadiums right now aren't getting bigger. Uh, they're getting reconfigured to go smaller, a better fan experience, uh, and, and the like. And you know, I'd hate to see you know the, the swamp go, uh, you know, from about ninety thousand, and you take you know take seats out there. Uh, you know, the big games, of course. You know, it's not a sellout each and every week. You know, I'm not trying to sell that, but you know, the the big games still sell out, and you know, are at capacity there. Uh, so, and of course, you know, success on the field means a whole lot too. But uh, we know the world's changing, and and how fans view college football. So. Um, if it was me, Bill, I, I think you do the upgrades, the, tech, the technology upgrades as much as you can uh, without affecting attendance too much. But uh, I do think, you know, from what we're hearing, that attendance uh, and the, 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 the construction of the stadium will probably take some seats out. Hopefully it's not a whole lot. Um, I think initially I heard um, this was about probably a year and a half ago, Bill, two years ago, uh, that the, the, the upgrades were going to take out a whole bunch of seats. Uh, but I think that's been dialed back a little bit. Uh, you know, the, it's an old stadium build. They have to do a lot of research and uh, everything as far as re, you know, some reconstruction of part of the stadium goes. Uh, but um, latest I've heard, Bill, they're going to try and not take as many seats out, I think, is what I was originally hearing about two, about two years ago. Gator Dave, where those skaters break down is the podcast. Rule changes for the future they're talking about, they're discussing. One would be after first downs, unless it's the last two minutes of each half, running the clock. Incomplete passes, running the clock after spotting the ball. No back-to-back timeouts like icing the kicker. Things of that nature, Dave. Are those good and healthy and necessary? I think some of them, are, some of them are built the back-to-back timeouts. Yeah, I think you can get rid of that. Um, there's no need for that. Um, I, I saw the conversation yesterday, and it does seem like a bill that this would maybe hurt teams that want to, you know, try and, and maybe 
play ground control, you know, run control, and and, and and now you'll be able to pass the ball uh, as well to keep the clock going. Uh, but you know, at the same time, you, you know, you're still taking a risk of you know some incompletions and stuff. But the how much does it change the game of philosophies of teams? Uh, you know, if you can start passing the ball now uh, and, and and eat time off the clock, you know, does that the do, do teams forego running the ball uh, as much as we see? You know, teams like to take control of the games late uh, or you know, and in, in the second half of games, and now yeah, you know, will there be a benefit uh, of running the ball if the same thing happens now when you start passing the ball? So uh, I think you know, what, what will it change as far as how the game looks? How coaches approach the game uh, now? You know, do, do we see a big? I mean, we've already saw a big shift in, in, in football with passing offenses and no huddle offenses and speed and tempo offenses, uh, and that's why a lot of these rules are coming into play. Uh, but my, my thing is now, you know, there's not much of a penalty um, for, for 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 these rule changes, and I still, still think you can start passing the ball. Uh, of course, now too, you know, if the ball's just going to if the clock's going to keep running anyway. Uh, so I, I, I look at it, Bill, from a, on a football field perspective. Uh, how much will it actually uh, change the game, and will it actually um, enhance, or will it actually promote uh, more passing of the football? Talking about replay and the time it takes, and we were discussing this last hour. How about a rule where you only get two minutes or one minute? I don't care. And if they cannot properly judge what they're looking at, play on the field stance. I you know that that's I love that. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, that 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 speaks a lot of sense. If you got to look at it that much, that means it's pro- probably pretty in question. So go ahead and go with the ruling field. But Bill, I just I had a I had an hour or two over the weekend, and I did. Uh, I'll admit I checked out the XFL just a little bit. Uh, but I watched Bill them do two replays within about 10 minutes of each other, and they both took about 30 seconds. And you could hear them talking about it. You could hear them discussing it. Uh, it was the referee, and it was the people in the booth discussing it. And it was very clear. It was very transparent. And they came up with the decision in about 20 to 30 seconds. Um, and it did not take that long. Uh, so – I, I look. I think there were some good things the XFL showed as far as you know. I think the kickoff was pretty cool. Uh, the kicker by themselves and everybody else down the field. Uh, and once the player catches it, then the, the collisions happen. But they're not getting a running start and you know run on, run on, and and head on head collisions. I like that aspect of it. But the best aspect I liked about it, Bill, was watching the re- instant replay. It taking about twenty or thirty seconds. Uh, it's very transparent. You heard the conversations going on, what exactly what they're looking at, and they come up with a decision pretty quick. And it looked like the right decisions to me as well. Gator Dave with us, Gators Breakdown. Anything on the field of play to talk about? I know we're not playing games in football, but anything, any news there? Uh, not much, Bill. Like I, I had an opportunity to speak to some true freshmen last week. Um uh, through the Gator Collective, we were interviewing uh, Trayon Webb, Andy Jean, uh, and Kelby Collins there for the Gators, and you know, pretty impressive uh, there for, for true freshman Bill. You know, through the old ways of doing things <laughs> in the media, the true freshmen don't get a lot of time uh, in the microphone uh, for in front of the microphone. But uh, now with NIL and, and opportunities that open up through that, we get to talk to some true freshmen, and you know, very impressed with with, with you know the kind of type of personality Billy Napier's brought. Uh, with, with these true freshmen there. And uh, Andy Jean kind of making some headlines last week, Bill, uh, 
you know, talking about Graham Mertz and how much he likes Graham Mertz so far uh, and throwing the ball with him. And then, of course, you know, the, the comparison of transferring away and then coming to a new school, he brought up Joe Burrow. And I don't think he meant as in, you know, Joe Burrow is going to have that type of success, but say, hey, Joe Burrow went somewhere and then had success. I don't think he was saying Graham Mertz is going to have the type of numbers and production a Joe Burrow would have, but maybe a new look uh, providing some uh, – some success at, at a new place. So uh, it kind of made some headlines last week with a true freshman coming out and saying and saying that about uh, his transfer quarterback, Bill. But, yeah, I mean, we're about a couple of weeks away uh, from the Gators starting spring practice. We get to see some of these freshmen uh, on the field there. But uh, Andy Jean, uh, the wide receiver bit there, Bill, I, I expect him to, to get on the field uh, pretty early, probably one of the best route runners uh, coming out of the class of 2023 altogether. And I do I, I do think with his kind of demeanor, his personality, uh, and talking with him that you know, he's going to try and make a, his way out there on the field. Because the wide receiver, Bill, besides Ricky Pearsall and Xavier Henderson, it's still pretty wide open there uh, for the Gators. And I do think you know they, they'll, they'll be looking to some young guys uh, to help in that production uh, for the wide receiver unit. Kirkland in Macon, Georgia. Asked Dave, since Florida went to a bowl game, is Billy Napier – expected to get double-digit wins to stop the hot seat talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bill, I, said, oh, I think it was an ESPN article last week talking about hot seat. And they did admit, you know, he's not on the hot seat for 2023 uh, that's coming up here. But if it doesn't go uh, this year, you know, we'll, we'll, a year from now, we'll we be talking about Billy Napier being on the hot seat. Um, but that's so hard to, you know, project. Uh, but we know the Gator uh, fan base not patient uh at all bill and it won't it won't look good uh if you have i mean just two six and seven seasons in a row for florida dan mullins last season billy napier's first season uh there will be looking fan base will be looking for a lot of progress in areas and of course you know that goes along with wins uh billy napier's second year so you know we'll kind of see what that holds uh but going into his third year bill i mean if we look forward a year from now uh is it still graham mertz at quarterback if it doesn't if he plays okay enough, but you know, not to go to the NFL or anything, are we still looking at him being quarterback? Or are we talking a year from now, DJ Lagway coming in as a true freshman uh, and leading the Gators as a true freshman at the quarterback position going into his first spring ball uh, a year from now? So I, I think we got to let this season play out and then kind of maybe see what happens at the quarterback position and maybe see how much leeway uh, he'll have as far as you know, maybe maybe the quarterback position, and maybe seeing what can happen with you know, the big five-star quarterback coming in, uh, DJ Lagway, who really impressed at a big camp setting this past weekend, Bill, uh, there for, uh, for 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 the Gators quarterback. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how this season plays out, Bill. But I think a lot of people are going to want to see uh, what Billy Napier can do uh, with his quarterback. Uh, and but but the biggest thing we got to see this defense improve. Uh, and no matter what happens uh, for for Florida, it's been. Uh, that side of the ball has been such a, a disappointment for Florida the last few years and not much improvement last year. You got to start seeing that payoff. You got some good staff members on that side. You've recruited pretty good on that side of the ball, uh, but you've got to see improvement uh, no matter what in Billy Napier's second year, at least on that side of the ball. Tell everybody how they get your podcast. Yeah, Bill, everybody can get Gators Breakdown at news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. YouTube, and all the podcast platforms out there as well. All right, man. See you next week. See you, Bill. Gator Dave, always fantastic. Griff, next time. Just hold back for Griff.